0: slash drink and download the ZocDoc app for free. Then find and book a top-rated doctor today. That's Z-O-C-D-O-C dot com slash drink. ZocDoc dot com slash drink.
1: Boobop a boop Do you remember that show well, I don't even want to say it because I'm definitely too old to even know what that fucking show is. The Boobas or whatever it was. Those like gumdrop looking things. They're mm-hmm. like the Teletubbies but for the next generation.
0: I'm pretty sure you made that up.
1: No, I swear to god there were like these weird colored gumdrops and they jump and they're like why do you know about that? I'm babysitting. I was gonna say you don't even smoke drugs. Like I don't know <laughs> how you. No, it know. looks really fucking creepy, and they make even weirder sounds than the Teletubbies.
0: Do you like how I just said you don't smoke drugs? Like I'm pretending. No, but I snort them for sure. Oh right, just Short. crush them
1: up the just, way mom taught me. Yeah, yeah, just put them in your milkshake. Yeah, that's exactly what I do. <laughs> that's why I have a straw and everything. Nice. <laughs> your milkshake it's about to be really good it's gonna be in a glass in a glass
0: em just poured her milkshake into a wine glass a linda wine glass bob's burgers because i just found out that (sighs) i can't even breathe thinking about it that blaze and my brother and i were approved for a house to move into a house Woo! it's renting we're not owning the house but it has a big backyard for geo and i like cried because we wanted it so badly and there were like 40 applicants and she just emailed us, so I opened the champagne.
1: And... and I'm drinking my milkshake out of a wine glass to celebrate. Yes. Um, this wasn't the reason I originally drank, but I'm going to say it now. Did you know that my entire milkshake can fit in one small wine glass? All right, you drank some of it. I watched. You I drink. had two gulps, and I and now it all fits in a wine glass. I feel gypped. Big old wine glass. No, it's not. I've seen you drink out of bigger. Okay. Look, you're drinking out of bigger right now.
0: All right, don't bring me into this conversation. Uh,
1: okay. <laughs> okay. Speaking of the wine glass
0: I'm drinking out of, I want to say thank you because I was just really overwhelmed this week. I got two packages. Um, I got one surprise package from Chelsea. Hi, Chelsea. And she sent me this wine glass that i'm currently drinking out of that says engaged af i love it i
1: love it and that it's a big one too you
0: can have so many drinks in that all at one time it's a freaking huge glass and i was so excited and surprised so thank you chelsea and then we also got a package from lisa g in norway Mm-hmm.
1: she, she mailed us something all the I way know. from norway and she's one of our og listeners yep she's no g she's been following us since the beginning she mailed us norwegian chocolate which is the greatest thing and she gave us uh Geo, she gave Geo <laughs> dog treats
0: from Norway. He loves them too. He does. He'll. That's the only treat right now that he'll roll over for.
1: Oh well, thank you, Lisa, for that gift. Thank you, and postcards of Norway. They're super cute. Thank you guys so much for our gifts. We would have opened them on air. However, I came to Christine's apartment, and she was like, "I couldn't wait. I opened gifts. I couldn't. I couldn't <laughs> <So> wait. <laughs> that's why you're not getting a reveal. My spidey senses said there was chocolate inside them. Um,
0: also, uh. I want to say a thing.
1: Okay. We'll say it then.
0: Uh, Jessica, our, our, r rabbit on Instagram. Rub, rub, rabbit, rub, rabbit. Like cha, 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 chia. Yeah. I got it. it, got it. She wants to wish her friend Jillian a happy birthday.
1: Oh, are we doing shout
0: outs for people now too? No, she just wrote and was like, it's my best friend's birthday. We've been listening to you since the beginning. And she's like, you should find a Jillian murder to surprise her. And I was like, I can't, I looked it up, and I'm like, I can't really find anything. Jill
1: rhymes with kill. Does that help? Oh, kill Jill. Oh, well. Okay, we don't know. Happy birthday,
0: Jill. Sorry. <laughs> but all the Jillian stories were, like, about, like, victims, and I'm like, this is a little upsetting. But happy birthday, Jillian. Um, and speaking of mail, we have a new mailbox. I don't want anyone to send stuff to our old mailbox anymore, because it's going to get returned, and I'm going to be really sad.
1: Yeah, we were wondering how we were going to do this, because... Let's say someone started listening to our podcast today and they start on episode one. They might <laughs> send shit to the wrong place and they're not going to find out for 25 episodes that they did the wrong thing. I feel so really if everyone could spread the word, that'd be great. But <laughs> uh, if you send something to the original P.O. box, it's not going to come to us anymore. Right. Our new number
0: is 265. So it's the same address. 1920 Hillhurst Ave. Uh, blup, blup, number 265, Los Angeles, California, 90027. But it's the same place, just a different number. So now it's number 265. So just saying.
1: I have been rudely on my phone this entire time because I'm trying to find a message that we got, but it was somewhere through my Instagram and I can't find it now. So I'm just going to paraphrase. Okay. But we have a listener that I went to college with. Her name is Rachel and she wrote us something really, really nice Um, Oh, I just found it as I'm talking about it. Thank God, because I was going to butcher that paraphrasing. I was waiting for it. Okay, so she and I told her I would read this in the next episode because it's very nice. Okay. She wrote, I need you to know that I'm obsessed with your podcast and I've been listening to it rather than music lately. It's amazing and I love all the stories. I regularly laugh out loud by myself in the car and people look crazy. People think I look crazy when I'm stuck in traffic with them. Thanks for making it and please never stop. That was very sweet. Thank you. Um, What's her name?
0: Rachel. Thank you, Rachel um last really important thing that i have to say classic kevin has a blog shut the fuck up listen ck's got a blog ck's got a blog it's uh called uk myths and monsters dot i read the first uh post about nessie loch ness monster oh you emailed me that yeah yeah yeah
1: i read it i, I i'm just... sure you did No, no no i really did <laughs> no i really did i just also didn't ever respond to you
0: But it's amazing and hilarious, and I actually laughed out loud like three times when I was reading it. So check it out, because we love our CK. We love CK. We love your CK. He's a good boy. And the blog is hilarious and amazing. All right, uh, Em, I feel like you have a story to tell me. (laughs) Are you ready? You guys, just, like, I'm sweating
1: already. (laughs) Just please brace yourselves. If anyone followed me on uh, Instagram. Oh, God. (laughs) uh, You saw I was in the ER this weekend. Oh, my God. (laughs) I'm already ready to kill you. Okay, go on. Okay, so I drink for a good reason, I drink for a bad reason. And they're combined. Yeah. The g- good reason is two episodes ago, we had uh, Christine's college roommate, Allison, on the show. How, pal? And now she's not just Christine's roommate from college, she's my girlfriend. Hi! Hey! <laughs> Here. So that worked out. Pick up out. your milkshake wine glass.
0: Oh, yeah, this is what I have to say. <laughs> That's how I feel. Okay, so... <laughs> I, was kind of, I was kind of salty at first because they were, like, hanging out without me all the time, but now they're actually dating, and it makes me... We are, me... and I
1: haven't dated anyone in a long time. It makes me really And sad. she's a keeper. She's, she's, a good, she's a good one, guys. Does this mean people will start sliding more into my DMs
0: because you're not single? I w-
1: probably. I, well, I don't know. I'm still... I'm still more on the market than you since you're engaged. Fair point. You know what I mean? We're getting there. We're getting there. So I'm pulling you toward my level. But I, I, am, I am now unavailable.
0: Wow, I'm taken. You're like an away message on Inst- on AIM
1: <laughs> with like the little asterisks and the squiggles uh-huh. on the outside. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: like mom's making me eat dinner,
1: <laughs> but really I have a Text girlfriend. it. You know who you are. Text it.
0: <laughs> I hate you. You know who you are, <laughs> Megan. All right, sorry. Please go on.
1: Okay, so that's the good news. <laughs> I am in a relationship with a very, very amazing person, and I owe Christine my life. Is is what. That probably means to I Christine. keep making it about myself. I'm really a philanthropist. What's what th- it like to know your college best friend and your grad school best friend are dating? It like it, You set that shit up from five years ago? It You know, it really, I think, shines a light on me
0: <laughs> as a person. Um, I think that it really reflects... Um, you know, my... Just who you are. Philanthropic view and my... We're, we were
1: just magnets that got pulled into your own draw. Yes, right.
0: exactly. Mm-hmm. I'm the center of all of this. Right, right,
1: right. Anyway, on to the... the bad news. Uh-oh. Let's just get there. So, being... You guys broke up. Yep, that's it. Well, what if you break <laughs> up?
0: It's over. Well,
1: that, was the, that was the good and the bad all at once. <laughs> well, we probably should have broken up because... Uh, Allison got to see a side of me that not many people do. Oh, um, oh no. So (laughs) let me just get, let me just get settled in for this. (laughs) Please situate your tree trunk legs. (laughs) Is that what we call them? No, tarantula legs. Tree trunk makes me feel insecure. Tarantula (laughs) doesn't. No, tarantula means they're like long and limber. Tree trunk means they're like, they're they're put for life. Okay, fine. I'll call you the inflatable tube man. Like whatever, whatever you want. Okay, so maybe I'm biased because it's a brand new relationship and I just think she's just hung the moon. But she was very sweet to me uh, when we first started talking and I was telling her how I'm homesick a lot and how I really like miss um, going out and having bonfires and camping and all this stuff. So I was at work uh, last week and she texted me and she said, uh, we're going camping this weekend, like just totally set it up, was just super good about it. And we had everything arranged, and we were, we agree that it was like the best date either of us had been on in ever, forever. Mm-hmm. And we went on this walk, and we saw the sunset by these really pretty mountains. Where and were you, by the way? It was like an hour out of here. East? Uh, I don't, it, the direction doesn't matter, but it was a f- far distance, as you'll hear in the rest of the story. Oh, no. So, I uh, told
0: you. Listen, I've told enough fucking stories on this show. <laughs> I tell everyone not to go camping.
1: Everyone does it anyway. Okay, no, for for the record, the camping was never the issue. We had a great time camping. Everything was set up. We pitched the tent. We had a fire. We did s'mores. We walked around a bit. We, like, looked at the stars and had a very, very, you know, blah, 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 mushy, gushy, heartfelt conversation under the stars. And so uh, everything went well. And then it took a sharp left turn. Oh, no. When we decided we were going to, like, go down to, they have, like, the communal bathroom. They're like, okay, well, let's just, you know. Go to the bathroom, come back, keep having a fire, have a good time. And we went to the. I went to the bathroom, and I left the bathroom, and then two seconds later, I realized I had to go to the bathroom again. Uh oh! I know where this is going. <laughs> and then so I went back, and then I realized four more times. As soon as I stepped out of the bathroom, I had to go again. Oh no! And, and I was like, Oh no! Something's not. Something's not good. Something's oh, not right. Oh no! Um, so I tried to play it, play it cool. I was like this. Something does not feel good. And uh, it started getting late. I was, like, dealing with it. I sat by the fire for a while, and I just kept running back and forth to the outhouse, by the way. Not a bathroom. Like, I'm saying truly a cellared-off room with a bucket into the floor. That's what you get for missing Virginia. (laughs) I'm sorry. And there were flies in this outhouse that I... Christine, I've never had (sighs) tents. tens of flies hitting my I'm, naked legs while my pants are down and i'm trying to pee i'm cringing <laughs> they were just like hitting me and buzzing it was like it was truly exorcist status i'm cringing um so after we decide okay let's just go to bed i'm not feeling right let's just like hang out of the tent, and go to bed she fell asleep i caught it got maybe about an hour an hour or so of sleep and then i was like i cannot stand it i have to go back down to this quote bathroom and pee again So I ended up doing that about, you know, nine or 10 times. And every time it hurt worse and worse to a point where I was crying in the middle of the night. And the outhouse is not close. I had to walk like a good 10 sites away. Oh, god! So nonstop, I'm like making these 20 minute trips. And uh, I was like, I'm not going to wake her up. Like, I feel so fucking bad. Like, this is our first official date. Because, by the way, we were only officially together for about... 10 hours at oh, this point. Oh my God. So I was like, this is our first real date together as like a couple. And I don't want it to like be ruined. So by like two, three in the morning, I can't even lie down in the tent and pretend I'm going to be okay. I'm just sitting at the picnic table outside of the tent. And at some point she wakes up and she's like, we're, we're leaving. Like we're going, We like you don't feel good. So she just handled it. Just fucking took care of it. So she picks me up at... <laughs> this is where it starts getting fucking funny. Oh, no. Oh, no. She picks me up at the outhouse. I just get in the car, and I have I have now mentally prepared myself. Because in case no one has picked up on this, it was a raging UTI. In case no one, like, knew what was happening yet. My body hurt. Like, hurts just thinking about it. Oh, yeah. It was the worst. And I've, I've had them before. This was, like, the worst of the worst mm-mm, UTIs. Mm-mm. And then... I got in the car and mentally remembered that I wouldn't have the access to a bathroom for at least an hour. So my whole body decided that it thought I was pissing my pants for oh. an hour. Oh, no. And so... Oh, no. <laughs> my girlfriend of 10 hours is in the car. She's in my car. She took my car, and she's flying through the canyons. Like, It's a 40-mile drive, and she's, literally the car screeched at one point. <gasps> Like, she was, tra- she was truly saving my life. And I remember being in so much pain that I was actually tunnel visioning. Where like, I could see actual stars. And I, I really, I didn't say it out loud to her because I didn't want to freak her out. But I was like, I think I'm dying. I was like, I'm pretty sure I'm dying. Oh, my God. And as I'm thinking it out loud, she's like, you better not fucking pass out because I will lose my shit. So I tried very hard not to pass out. I sat there white knuckling the door the entire time. Like, just... Lama's breathing. I'm straight up Zen breathing, trying to get my shit together. And we have, there was no service, so we didn't know where we were going. Oh no! So all we knew was it was an hour away to the nearest anything with a bathroom. And she's trying so hard to keep her shit together, but I'm in the truly the most pain I've ever felt in my life. So my anxiety is through the roof. I'm like sitting there just sweating because it hurts so much. And she's trying so hard to keep her shit together and drive as fast as she can, but she doesn't know where she's going. Oh my god! And so I can see her. I I can't. I can. I'm watching her trying to like stay calm once we got out I she was like we're going to we're going to a hospital I was like no 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 like I've had these before like it's not that bad like you were like no I was trying so hard I was like I might die but no (laughs) well I was thinking like I have to call my mom at four in the morning until I have a UT item in the hospital Allison was like we have to go to the hospital we have to go to the ER and I was like can we just text blaze (laughs) (laughs) oh no and she was like you could text Blaze, but I really want to go to an ER. So at, like, 4 a.m., I'm admitted into the ER. It was the most dramatic experience of my life because they kept saying, okay, well, we need a urine sample. And I was like, I can't pee. That's why I'm here. Like, Excuse me. Where were you at this point? Um, Somewhere what in city? Pasadena. Oh, okay. So they had me do the whole thing of, like, put on a gown, be in my own private room. They, like, closed it off. I had to, They, like, thought I had a kidney infection because it was so bad. And apparently the way that UTIs can get ranked is, like, mild to moderate to severe to extreme to raging which is an actual medical term Seriously? apparently and they told me i have a raging uti and they wanted to do <laughs> like blood tests to make sure that my kidneys weren't infected what the fuck um, <laughs> i know what the fuck i know and truly that was i think a t- the first and hopefully only test for our relationship because uh I learned that night that she is a ride or die kind of gal because for sure, 10 hours into being with me, she heard all about my urethra and all the horrible, gross, graphic things a doctor could possibly say. Because I I said, like, can my girlfriend be in here with me and not sit in the lobby? And I guess they thought, oh, they must have been dating forever. So uh, we can say whatever we want in front of them. Sure. They know each other's bodies. No. <laughs> and so it just sort of... Know, she knows her urethra. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> so they just said every horrible thing, and I'm cringing the entire time. And she's taking it like a fucking boss. She was asking the doctor's questions. She's such a champ, dude. Anyway, I'm sweating having just told that I'm story. I'm so <laughs> sweaty. Um, what but the fuck? So if anyone was wondering why I was in the hospital, it's because I tried going camping. I couldn't even make it through the night. We got home at like 6 in the morning, and she then, instead of just putting me to bed, made me a sandwich. What the fuck? What kind of golden person
0: was that? She was, yeah, my roommate for four years. And one time I, uh, I accidentally overdosed on Percocet. <laughs> okay. They were a prescription. It was a bad time. Um, and I accidentally took, I actually took the recommended dosage or like what, they, right. Right, 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 but my frail little Crohn's riddled body couldn't take it. So I ended up like losing my vision and my hearing at like three in the morning and like hitting my head on the toilet and like falling onto the ba- bathroom floor and just laying there for oh, hours. And I remember being like, Oh no, I hope I didn't wake Allison." <laughs> like I hit my head on the toilet and was like, Oh no, I hope that didn't wake her up. And the next morning I'm just like kind of lying there and she's like, what's happening. And I'm like, Oh, I was waiting till 6am to like call an ambulance or whatever. Cause I couldn't see cause my vision was gone. And she still is mad. Like she won't talk about it cause she's so angry. So oh, she
1: was pretty angry at me for not waking her up. Uh, when we went camping, she was like, you were just going to sit by the tent all night. And I was like, look, either I didn't wake you up and I just kept pretending I was going to go pee or you woke up and watched me pretend that I was going to yeah, go pee. Yeah. What did you want me to do? I know. And then she ended up literally saving the day. So thank God, thank God she woke up.
0: Yeah, That was the thing. And she's like, what do you think would have happened if I, she was like yelling at me. She's like, what, oh, do, you think what do you think would have happened if I woke up and found my roommate dead on the bathroom floor? I was like, that would have been traumatizing.
1: We did talk about it afterwards. And we were like, this really was a good test for us because we saw each other in, in a stressful situation. In dire straits. And she was like, "You didn't like. You were in the worst pain of your life, and you didn't yell at me." So really, what I'm trying to tell everyone is, I found a keeper. I'm off the market. I guess I'm not the hot one anymore. Her kidneys are okay. Are they okay? I had never heard from them, so I guess that's a good thing. <laughs> you never heard from your kidneys. Uh, or my doctors. Oh, <laughs> okay. So I was like, if I what? heard from my kidneys, I'd be in big trouble. Yeah, I was like, so we need to see a different kind of doctor. <laughs> anyway.
0: Wow. Good luck editing that. Thanks. We applaud you for all of the above. <laughs> Thank you for your service. Anyway, do you want to hear about some ghosts? I want to hear about anything else besides
1: the horrible pain <laughs> in your urethra. Woohoo! Everyone knows me a little bit better today, don't they? Yes. Like, very intimately, actually. Right, yeah. Um... So I always wanted to do uh, all of the ghosts in the White House. Oh, cool. Okay. Ready? I know nothing about this. So there's really no history to this. It's just several facts. Yay. So you're just getting nothing but ghost incidences. That's all I want. Okay. So you have, this is a choose your own adventure. (laughs) Oh, good. Because the main one, the main ghost is Abraham Lincoln. I was about to ask if he was there. Do you want to hear about Abraham Lincoln and all of his stuff first? Or do you want to hear about all the other smaller characters first?
0: You know I don't like choices, decisions. Um, let me think. Okay, I don't know. Uh, oh, I fuck. okay, okay. I choose. Wait, let me choose. I choose. I want to hear about Abraham Lincoln
1: first. Yeah. Okay. So, <clears throat> again, I feel like do I have to really give the history of Abraham Lincoln? Who's that? Um, <laughs> you know what? I'd rather not say. It's just, he had a big hat. He had a big hat. He had a big beard. <laughs> oh, yeah. He was really tall. He was assassinated. Kind I of. A, you were going to say he was sassy. I was like, oh, oh, probably. He must have been a little sassy. He was involved in like the Emancipation Proclamation, mm. 16th President, big guy. Good times. Um, okay. So the first thing I wanted to say is that lots of people have seen him. Oh. And witnessed him. Some of them who I'm not going to tell their stories because they were either longer or shorter and not worth it. <laughs> so you know one of one Sorry, of the several guys: uh, Teddy Roosevelt, Herbert Hoover, Dwight Eisenhower, Jackie Kennedy. Um, all those they've all seen him, but their stories just weren't as like good. Oh, they so, saw
0: Abraham Lincoln. They've all I thought seen. You meant they were seen.
1: No, they've also. all seen the ghost of Lincoln. Jackie Kennedy saw. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, and 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 even more. So, um, press secretaries for President Johnson, President Eisenhower, they've both said that they just felt his presence. Um, and... What the hell does that mean? Like, they've just, like, sensed him. Uh, We'll get there. Don't worry. Good old old Abe is here. Yeah. Oh, I'm feeling honest. What's going on? Uh, so... I sense a large hat. Right, yeah. (laughs) Sorry. Keep going. Uh, okay. So, one of the... Well, the reason that I wanted to do this story like i wanted to talk about lincoln is because i've always liked the picture of him and his wife have you seen this yeah there's a portrait of him and his wife but he was dead and it's supposedly just a ghost of him like like lincoln was dead it's just a portrait of his wife and then there's something next to her that looks weirdly like lincoln when no one was standing next to her wait you mean a portrait like someone painted like a picture oh like a photograph
0: yeah Oh, I thought you meant someone
1: painted a ghost of Lincoln. That's fair to think, because I said portrait. So I was, <laughs> I was like, <laughs> That's on me. But no, like, uh, like there's <laughs> oh, a picture that that's... someone took. No, I don't know about in that. In 1869, I think. That is creepy. And their, ex- their uh, logic behind it is that someone must have walked into the picture halfway through, and it's like a double exposure kind of thing. Yeah. But it looks a lot like Lincoln, but he was dead. Creepy. So I was like, oh, well, I bet there's something about him. Yeah. So, anyway, that's what that was the catalyst for this. Yikes. Um, the main room that people see him in, lo and behold, is the Lincoln bedroom. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it actually now it's a bedroom uh, in the White House, but at the time it was actually his cabinet room where he signed the Emancipation Proclamation. So, oh, lots shit. of big shit happened in there. And now it's a bedroom. So, a lot of people mistake it. Um, oh, for his bedroom? Yeah. But it was actually just like his study. Oh. um a lot of people have seen in there now that they're now that it is a bedroom, people have seen him lying on the bed when they'll come in. I've heard of this. yeah, they think that like someone is taking a nap. oh, it's and so gross. It's actually blink Lincoln just lying just like flat on the bed. <laughs> <laughs> creepy um so the first person who actually witnessed the ghost is uh Calvin Coolidge's wife, oh shit, yeah, so a while back. Um, her name was Grace Coolidge, and she's the first person to report having seen Lincoln's apparition in the White House. She said that um, she saw him standing by a window in the Oval Office with his hands behind his back, gazing out the window towards the Potomac River, which it was actually where, like, the battlegrounds for the Civil War was oh, at his time. damn. Um, and after she saw it one time, she saw his ghost all the time. And a lot of people have reported seeing him standing by the window.
0: Oh, man. That's his,
1: that's like a regular place you might catch him. Aw eleanor roosevelt also used his room as a study when she was there and yeah. she said that she always felt him lean against the chair when she was working like oh my god like to lean over and be like what you working on what a nosy guy yeah well apparently it, he's most active when there's a lot of stress in the white house which must be fucking <laughs> always <laughs> so he's just running around he's just always busy room to room uh eleanor roosevelt's assistant also saw him one time not lying on the bed but sitting on the bed and pulling his boots on and she apparently like freaked out and screamed running out of the white house didn't know what to do that's terrifying because well he pulled he was putting his boots on and looked up at her huh? and like looked uh-uh. like like she was bothering him can i help you yeah oh god uh franklin roosevelt's personal valet which where do i find one of those Yep, please uh also ran from the white house screaming one day because he saw lincoln um lincoln looked at him and said his name to it to his face like knew who he was wait so lincoln is not even just like he's an intelligent oh my god entity and the valet's name was cesar carrera so <laughs> lincoln had to have been watching him he didn't to know that like- name it's not like he just picked like <laughs> Harold out of a bag. Um Roosevelt's dog also sensed Lincoln um anytime that someone would hear pacing up and down the hallway. That yeah. sounded I guess I guess he had a specific way of walking. So a lot of people have heard him walking up and down the hallway and Roosevelt's dog would always start growling and barking at the hallway and then like 5 minutes later they would you start hearing the creaks. So like the dog anticipated uh, Lincoln oh, before no, no, no. it even happened. Mm-mm. Reagan's dog named Rex also would constantly bark and growl at the ceiling right under like looking up at the ceiling which on the other side was the floor of where Lincoln always walked and paced uh. up and down. And the dog would also bark at the door threshold to the Lincoln room and would never go in. Oh no, no. That's not a good sign. Uh Ray- so actually Ronald Reagan was trying to be very scientific about like the dog freaking out about chair sure. these ghostly f- friends or enemies and or frenemies or frenemies who's to say really or lovers so <laughs> or russian spies
0: <laughs> nobody <laughs> knows i'm sorry um, please champagne i'm not used to it
1: Go on. so reagan actually thought the dog was responding to like a pitch that we couldn't hear from electrical electrical signals uh that were being beamed between the White House and the Foreign Embassy. Oh. And so he asked the staff to look into it, and they were like, no, he's just barking at nothing. Mm, so. No. He tried to be, like, a like to debunk it, so good for him. Good for him. Um, also, the Lincoln Room is also known as the Queen's Room, because whenever queens visit the White House, that's the room that they stay in. Oh. So in the Netherlands in the 1940s, Queen Wilhelmina sure. came to visit And she was staying in that room and heard a knock on her door in the middle of the night and went to go check. And when she opened the door, Lincoln was fucking standing there. I know. Like, top hat, coat and all. And she freaked out and fainted. And when she came to, he wasn't there anymore. She fainted. I would, too. (laughs) But why were people always fainting back then? Yeah, no one faints now. You just kind of scream or... It's flight or fight. I would do a lot less dainty things than faint. I would, oh, yeah. like, <laughs> I would like. I'd probably punch him. I'd get into like a Heisman stance. I'm like, yeah, <gasps> I would probably grunt and like hit him or something. Yeah, I wouldn't faint. I. But you know they wore like corsets and stuff. Right, they were day. already on their last breath. Although,
0: <laughs> sure, they were near death always. What <laughs> what de- year was this? 1942. Oh, well, that's not that long ago. They didn't wear corsets in 1942. Maybe in Norway they did. Lisa. Did they? <laughs> well, Netherlands. What did I say?
1: Norway. Oh, fuck me. All right. <laughs> sorry, I'm sorry, Lisa. If you still know, by all means. Lisa, we
0: just thought tell you Tell us
1: were... about the 1940s fashion of the Netherlands that the Queen might have worn <laughs> to America. But only her bed clothes. What were? <laughs>
0: what did she wear to bed? <laughs> Maybe I just thought Lisa was really worldly. I don't...
1: <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I thought Lisa was a
0: queen. <laughs> She could be aristocratic. Maybe. So, anyway,
1: she fainted. <laughs> I'm so yeah, sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She fainted. So she fainted. So right. Let's gather our thoughts instead of <laughs> sweat through them. Like I'm, again, right I'm sweating again. <laughs> okay. Uh, Winston Churchill. Oh. He was the British Prime Minister. Oh, was he? Hmm. Maybe. What did he wear to bed? I'm sorry. Nothing at all. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> <laughs> I love me some Winston. uh, uh He was uh <laughs> he was a guest one night, and actually, he was not wearing anything at all. Wait, are you serious? He was taking a bath, and he oh. uh-huh, and he got out of the bath to go get a cigar because he's a classy man. Oh, sure, right. And as he's walking naked through the room, oh no, he runs into Lincoln standing <gasps> at the fireplace, and this is a guy. He did the exact opposite of faint. He kept his composure real cool. Because he grabs the the cigar, puts it in his mouth, and says, "Good evening, Mr. President. You seem to have me at a disadvantage, and then listen, Winston Lincoln Churchill Lincoln smiled, chuckled, and then faded away. Abe Lincoln was like, "You got me this time I, try. He, I feel like he just tries to like I feel like he tries to freak people out, and then when you're Winston Churchill, he's like, "You know what? not this time, oh my God, Winston Churchill like no, you can't so President Truman. Also saw him and his daughter, Margaret. They both uh, would regularly feel Lincoln tapping at the door um, and knocking on the door because they actually stayed in the room across from where Lincoln used to sleep. Oh. Uh One of the clergymen uh, one time stayed the night in the White House and woke up to hearing Lincoln's voice at the end of his bed pleading for help. <gasps> and he sat up and saw Lincoln on the floor in prayer, arms outstretched with his fingers digging into the carpet oh no that doesn't seem like the lincoln i know i was gonna say it doesn't seem like the one i want to see that's not honest abe that's fucking frightening abe oh that's really scary also the seamstress the in-house seamstress named lillian parks she uh one time tried to investigate the sound of someone pacing upstairs and when she went up and saw nothing one of the staff members said oh yeah that's old abe pacing the floor And I guess now people recognize the specific sound of him Mm. walking versus the other ghosts that have been seen pacing the same hallway, which I will get to Lincoln's ghost was also found a lot during FDR's term, uh, because that was another time the country was in, like, a great, like, upheaval. And sure. So I guess the more stressed out the White House is, the more Lincoln, like, tries to trot on in and help. <laughs> He's, like, taking a bath? Uh, why don't I step in? <laughs> oh, you're feeling relaxed? Let's get cozy together. <laughs> uh, so President Johnson's wife, Lady Bird. Oh, right. That one. Sure. The one I'd be. Yeah. Oh, naturally. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Your past life. She witnessed uh, Lincoln's spirit when she was watching a television program about his assassination while she was in his room. Why would you do that? I think that's kind of a fuck you. Like, if you died, would I want to watch the documentary in your room? About you getting shot in your bedroom? No, no, no. I don't know. Something to think about. Would you want me to? No. Okay. It's good to know. Never never know when you'll need that information. Store it away. Okay. Don't forget it. Uh, Gerald Ford's daughter, Susan, also saw the ghost in the 80s. Also, Ronald Reagan's daughter, Maureen, and her husband both saw Lincoln's ghost next to a fireplace while they were sleeping. Woke up at different times and saw him standing there. So, really, how long was he there for? Well, he needs to find something to do. Can you imagine being dead and all you have is to look out a window? Or, like, stand at a fireplace? Yeah. All night? Fun fact, though, when Ronald Reagan's daughter saw him, she's seen him a couple times, and every time she saw him said that he had an aura that was a mixture of red and orange interesting Mm -hmm. anyone who's into auras tell me what that means sure yeah me too in november 19 or no in november of 1860 uh lincoln actually told his wife that he knew he'd be elected for a second term but he would die in office (gasps) and the night before he died he dreamed that he this is really wild he actually had uh three nights the three nights before he died he had the same dream every night for three (gasps) nights That he woke up to a wailing crowd of people crying, and when he asked one of the men what was wrong, the guy said, we're mourning the president's murder. (gasps) He also dreamed that he was in a mysterious ship by himself, sailing towards a, quote, dark and infinite, or dark and indefinite shore. Oh, my God. On the day of his assassination, he told his bodyguard about this, and his bodyguard's name was William Crook, and he said that he had been having dreams of himself being assassinated for the last three nights in a row. And Crook said, don't go to this performance tonight. (gasps) And being the guy he is, Lincoln said, but I promised my wife. Oh no. I know. And so as Lincoln left for the theater, he said goodbye, Crook, (gasps) which is even sadder because every night that Lincoln was president, he always told his bodyguard, good. He always said good night, but this time he said goodbye. I, I
0: know. It's like he knew. Really sad. Um, But I promised my wife. But
1: I promised... What a loyal man. Whoa. Like beyond. But also think of the guilt that poor woman had. I was going to say, he kind of fucked her over too. I know. Okay. Uh, The most recent Lincoln sighting was in the 80s when a White House operations forming came into the White House and saw Lincoln sitting in a chair at the top of the staircase. Ew. Uh, President Harrison's bodyguard has also been kept... has he was he's probably done now um, uh, <laughs> r.i.p. he uh used to be kept awake for many nights in the beginning of harrison's term because he was trying to protect the president from mysterious footsteps in the hallway and then one day someone was like dude that's lincoln's footsteps like you can you can go to bed <laughs> poor guy <laughs> um one white house staff member turned off the lights of the chandelier in the lincoln room and it, they turned back on by themselves and when he went back into the room again he felt an icy cold temperature change in the entire room uh-uh Another staff member saw Lincoln's coat like his entire body very clearly. Um, and the Lincoln said hello and then when he blinked he was gone. When oh, the when the God. staff member blinked Lincoln was gone and apparently that happens a lot too. Um so that's all of Lincoln. What do you think just real quick? You're right. What do you Redo think? We do everything so quickly, so.
0: Right, just like really snappy, really efficient, no editing involved. Right. How long have we been recording now? 3 hours? Only 51 minutes
1: oh well not uh, not good
0: (laughs) but you know we can pretend okay um so real quick question give it to
1: me lay it on thick
0: so what's he doing now is did he piece is trump the thing that like sent him back to the other side or is he still
1: there i don't i think we're all trying to get away from trump but i think he was like i this is a problem even i can't fix and just pieced out Well, keep in mind, the last time anyone saw him was the 80s. So what was going on then? Oh, yeah. So, okay. Was he running from, like, Y2K, like everyone? (laughs) From Y2K. (laughs) Uh, Sure. So he was running from Y2K. As we all were. Yes. Um, But I will say that there are other ghosts there still.
0: Okay. Even with Trump? Can you imagine if Trump ran into... I see Winston Churchill. I can
1: see Donald Trump getting out of the bathtub naked. I'd like to think that Winston Churchill is just as savvy on the other side. And for whatever, like attitude he gave Lincoln, I like to think he would give it to Trump now.
0: Can you imagine if Donald Trump got out of the bath naked, then Winston Churchill was standing at the fireplace naked with
1: the cigar. <laughs> Be oh. like, I have you at a disadvantage, bitch. Yes!
0: <laughs> and then Abe was like, he would just, like, walk away, I think. <laughs> I don't think he wants anything to do with
1: all of the above. Anyway. Pray tell. We're gonna pretend that there's, like, some healthy segue. I'll find it. I'll find it. I always <laughs> okay. do. Or we could just do, like, our, our favorite catchphrase, like, sound that we've never... Actually, made an, we've never made an official sound bite. Okay, we might as well have like a transitional. I'm sorry. Like, <laughs> oh, oh, okay, ready. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry. sorry. <laughs> I like it. Just for you know the constant fuck ups. Oh,
0: that'll be playing a lot. People will. We should p- just
1: make like a full. We should make a series of I'm sorry sound bites for here. We didn't know how to edit. I'm sorry. Yep. Geo was barking. I'm sorry. It's not a fault. Christine is drunk. I tried to hide the <laughs> wine, but she drank it all. I'm sorry. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I tried my best, there's nothing I can do. Uh, let's give
1: this a fucking whirl. Listen, take me on a ride. <laughs> Oi, what a ride it will be. So now that we're not talking about Lincoln, I don't know how else to get through the White House in its entirety, so I just am gonna do it by room. Go for it. Let's start from the tippy tippy top. The attic. Okay. <gasps> The Attic. William Harrison was the first guy ever to die in office uh, from pneumonia literally only a month after his inauguration. <laughs> sad for <laughs> so, him. So, like, it's like his dream was to become president and oh. then he didn't, like, he never actually wished to stay president. He just needed to, you know. He's like, I've done what I came here for. <laughs> he got through the ceremony. Oh. Uh Up there, you can hear him rummaging around for something and I guess people know it's him because they've heard his voice. Oh. At the, I guess around the time when he died, people could tell it was his voice, and it's just slowly been carried on that that was who he was. Oh, God. Also, during the Truman era, there was a security guard that once heard someone up there say, I am David Burns. What? And, <laughs> and, the, and David Burns is actually the man that was forced to surrender his land so that the White House could be built there. Shut up. Can you imagine being David fucking Burns, and you're getting evicted oh. so that the... Country's most powerful building can be built there. It's like, are you proud or are you, are you, are you mad? I think I'd be bitter. Yeah. Like
0: I, it's my land.
1: I'd be like, oh, yeah, president lives there. That's nice. I remember, you know, being a child growing like, up there.
0: Raising my cattle
1: or something. Mm-hmm. Whatever you did there. <laughs> David Burns. <laughs> Poor David Burns. R.I.P. Uh, okay, now let's go to the all the way down to the bottom, the basement. Um, we're oh, just gonna miss. Thank you. Let's just do the bread before we get to the meat. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Remember
0: that time when you were like, "Let's go through the layers or the levels of the house.
1: Let's start with two
0: <laughs> And you're like, "I didn't say I would go in order." Okay. Oh yeah.
1: That, that was just more proof that I don't really work hard <laughs> on like, my first notes. 1st on the third floor, and then we're on the first. So, like, let's start from the top and then go to the bottom. But we're gonna alternate all the floors in between. Listen, this is your ride. You take us wherever you need to. go If I could get on a roller coaster that started on the third floor and then like dropped you down a little. Little bit rosy back up. Sure. That's like the Tower it's, of Terror. Right. I am all of my stories are just Towers of Terror. You are the Tower of Terror. You and your tree trunk legs. <laughs> Please go on. Here's the basement. Uh my personal favorite, because it's the only evil spirit in the White House. Oh no. It's a demonic cat. What? And those who see the cat claim that it appears as a kitten, but as you get closer to it, it becomes larger and scarier. Oh no. And according uh to the stories, many like years will pass without anyone encountering it at all but whenever someone sees the cat it's like a warning that some national disaster is about (gasps) to happen. What? So uh, example uh, people have seen the cat uh, days before the stock market crash in the 1920s. Oh no. Uh, They also saw it days before Lincoln's assassination and Kennedy's assassination. There's a motorcycle guy. The thing that I find most interesting about that is that the cat showed up for lincoln's assassination and kennedy's assassination but no one saw him before garfield's assassination and garfield's the name of a fucking cat <gasps> whoa maybe that was garfield maybe well i like i looked it up and i was like i know there i know that guy was assassinated why didn't anyone like make a report about why? like ahead of time maybe andrew garfield like became a cat and was like oh yeah that's exactly what happened i'm sorry that's a stupid theory but <laughs> but what that's so sad for him anyway so there's the cat as you can tell, I'm blazing through these. <laughs> blazing. blaze. Christine's getting blazed. <laughs> oh, that's a new hashtag, by the way, guys. Yeah. <laughs> Christine gets blazed. Every week is a new hashtag. <laughs> Set the world ablaze for yeah. Christ or that, whatever. What was that one? That was my brother's stupid one. Blaze and teen Blaise empire. Blaze and teen empire.
0: The one now that I like the best so far is Christine gets blazed.
1: Okay, anyway. I promise I'll cut this out. Maybe. Just cut all of it out. All the way from, like, blazed. <laughs> Just, Just cut, cut it, it from, like five seconds we don't need anything else okay just like <laughs> cut it all out i'll cut just, it all out. honestly can you just cut out from the beginning of this yeah. all the way to the first episode
0: yeah sh- oh
1: yeah i'll like, just go on <laughs> itunes and hit shift. <laughs>
0: <laughs> delete <Shift> all
1: <laughs> delete erase trash <laughs> um, <laughs> recycle yes okay so the second floor halls the, the the whole second floor of the white house is like the residency area it's not so the we, offices we went from attic basement, or second floor yeah tower of terror is now Attic up. We went down the Tower Terror to the basement, and we've gone halfway up to the second floor. Rising back up, and uh, I'm sorry. No, I'm sorry. I should know how architecture works better. Just (laughs) you know what? You should. We started this podcast, (laughs) and I had some faith in you, and you're clearly. I should just honestly follow the stairs, and then just make notes based on the different levels in numerical order. You should. You'd think after 25 homes. Yeah. I'd know how. Yeah, you'd think, you know? You'd think in fifty, I will know how, but I won't. Let's just all prepare. Here's me getting my hopes up every time. On the second floor, that was the residence for the family, like the mm. first family. Um sure. so any ghosts that are there are usually either the presidents or the first ladies or the first children. Okay. Um so Lincoln regularly walks around the halls and knocks on people's doors, like I said. Other ghosts that have been seen pacing the halls and showing up in people's rooms have been Grant, McKinley, and several of the First Ladies. Uh, President Truman actually wrote a letter to his wife saying, I sit here in this old house all the while listening to the ghosts walk up and down the hallway and even right here in the study at this very moment. The floors pop and creak and the drapes move back and forth. <gasps> at four o'clock in the morning, I awake from three distinct knocks on my bedroom door and no one's there. Damned place is haunted, sure as shootin'." <gasps> whoa so that guy was a believer who was that he would have been team milkshake mckinley no that was president truman oh truman so also on the second floor president lyndon B. johnson's daughter has seen uh, lincoln's son willie who died at 12 from typhoid fever um staff members of the grant administration were so scared of willie lincoln that even in the 1870s uh they like refused to speak about him all the way until 1911 when the taft administration uh had to sit down with their staff and say that any member who talked about willie lincoln would be fired excuse me they were like that afraid of like a 14 year old boy what yeah he was 12 a teenage boy
0: uh, but,
1: so lincoln's walking around like waking people up and knocking on
0: doors yeah but because
1: apparently it's so, i don't know but maybe he's like is a troublemaker That scary I think they were just afraid of ghosts. Oh yeah, yi. Okay. Um, President Cleveland's wife was the first woman to ever give birth in the White House. So every now and then people will still hear her giving birth. No, I don't want to hear that. All right. In another bedroom in the 50s, the ghost of a British soldier who carries a torch Uh -uh. would go around and try to set people's beds on fire. What? What? There was a husband and wife who stayed in the White House and said that a ghost tried to burn their bed while they were sleeping. And when they described the guy, they uh, the White House believes that it is actually the man who tried to set the house on fire in 1814 because a lot of people have witnessed this guy carrying a torch trying to light the house on fire. So now he's
0: just like, well, let me at least try the bed. Let me
1: just do, like, the tip of the bed.
0: Yeah, just, like, <laughs> the
1: mattress cover. Let me just do the headboard and <laughs> just see what happens. So in the uh, Oval Room... Uh, during Lincoln's administration. Like the Oval Office? No. Oh, this is like a, called the Yellow Oval Room. Oh, sure. Okay. That one. Apparently that... at one point it was also called the Blue Room. Also called the Red Room. Also called the Green Room. I don't know what to tell
0: you. Presidents are high maintenance, dude. I don't
1: think they understand color. No. Well, it's white America for you. So. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that was so deep, Um. Oh Speaking my God. of color. <laughs> please erase that. Um, Speaking of white America. <laughs> Speaking of colors. Um, okay, so. Boy, do we have
0: something to say. <laughs> as two white people. Hear <laughs> <Cure> us
1: out. <laughs> Wait, what we have to say is important. It'll really move you. I, we really will. because we... as, as two white people, we can speak for everyone. Our experience is
0: right. really universal.
1: I mean, technically, am I white or am I rainbow? This has gone down yeah. quite a path. Ready? Yes. The yellow oval room. During Lincoln's administration, this room was his personal library and one of his favorite rooms. Doors that are fixed open will slam shut on their own. Numerous people have seen Lincoln gazing out the window, uh, Thomas Jefferson playing the violin, and even John Tyler proposing to his wife. (gasps) Even after death. Like, shouldn't they be married by now? (laughs) Like, like, and they were married in real life. Like, why is he proposing now? Maybe that was just a really powerful moment
0: in their relationship. You know, it's replaying.
1: I would love to get proposed one day where it's so powerful that when i'm dead i'm still doing it yeah because blaze proposed like when i hadn't washed my hair that will be what you relive in hell (laughs) whoever lives in this apartment if they have to see that over and over i apologize (laughs) they'll be like what a fucking mess um okay so during truman's administration uh they all they again heard i am mr burns but at that point the secretary of state's name was burns so they thought oh maybe that guy's walking around but that guy was actually on vacation he wasn't there um, also in the North Portico, sure, there is, again, another torch-wielding British soldier. There is a uh, there's a woman named Anne Surratt. Uh, her mother was a conspirator in Lincoln's assassination. <gasps> and, but the ghost of her still bangs on the door, begging for them to let her mom go before getting executed. <gasps> Wait, that's dark. Yeah, well, most haunted things are.
0: I mean, the cat's, like,
1: kind of fun, but... <laughs> that part's dark (laughs) but i guess like her mom ended up getting hanged for being involved in it and so she was banging on the white house door (gasps) begging for them to like save her mom oh no remember when you could just bang on the white house door yeah right (laughs) (laughs) now i can just bang on like three gates away from it and get shot yeah probably uh in the east room that was the warmest and driest area for um laundry at the time for them to like hang (laughs) their clothes okay (laughs) okay Like, it was, like, cool, because, like, the sun rose, and that's, like, it was just stayed the warmest and driest for the longest. (laughs) Okay. So if they were to hang—I don't know what I'm saying. That's so funny. I don't know. It's just funny. They would just hang—that's where they would dry their clothes. And so Abigail Adams, John Adams' wife, is regularly seen hanging her laundry in that room. Remember when First Ladies had to hang their own laundry? Yeah, right? Like, (laughs) as if that's a thing anymore. Fun fact, uh, John and Abigail Adams were the first presidents to actually live in the White House washington didn't even live in the white house that's right yeah he had his own thing yeah it was like in philadelphia or something yeah um you know east coast living it's fine uh eastern seaboard abigail adams is also the quote oldest ghost to be encountered today in the white house like the most recent time someone saw her was in 2002 oh shit also sometimes you don't see her but you can smell laundry soap which interesting that it it still smells enough like today's laundry soap that we know that it's laundry soap. Right. I would think that it would. I feel like it would just smell like, like herbs beeswax or something. Yeah. I just sound really ignorant. I don't know what
0: laundry <laughs> soap smells like, but
1: uh, in the garden, James Madison's wife, Dolly Madison, planted the famous rose garden in the early 1800s, and a hundred years later, President Wilson's wife wanted the garden to be dug up, but the <gasps> garden workers saw Dolly Madison's ghost, and she was pissed that yeah, they were about to well, touch her in, garden. Yeah. So there's now a rule where they can't touch the garden. Well, Why would she want to dig up the rose garden? Also, if you bring her up in the house, apparently the White House starts smelling like roses wherever you go. Oh, I would bring her up all the time. Uh, Truman's daughter, Margaret, constantly would hear, like, the floors creaking, the doors knocking and all that, and so she decided that she was going to spend the night in the Lincoln bedroom to, like, call out the ghosts that were making all these sounds. Seems smart. So uh, President Truman, like being a typical dad even then, dressed up as a ghost and hid in <gasps> the closet until she fell asleep. <laughs> Are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> and then scared her out of the Lincoln room and she never went back in. I Yeah, well, I don't blame her. But whatever her arguments were uh, also freaked Truman out enough that he had renovations done to the house and ever since then, like, things have calmed down a lot. What do you mean? Like, he like just you like, can still hear people walking around but in, like, a phantom room because they built a wall through it. That's so sad. He just locked him away. I know. <laughs> Um, Also, there's the Rose Room, which is where Andrew Jackson's bedchamber used to be. And a lot of people, this is me as a ghost, by the way, because numerous White House employees have seen and or heard Jackson in the room, either laughing nonstop or (laughs) swearing violently. (laughs) or both (laughs) or both Uh, there's also uh, a very obvious cold spot right where he used to sleep in the room even though a bed isn't there anymore but like right where he used to sleep it's always cold like even all the way down to like his side of the bed that one circle that one spot is cold Since the 1860s, people have been listening to him stomping around and swearing in the halls. He sounds like a fun guy. (laughs) He sounds like a really cool, neat guy. (laughs) In the 1950s, the White House seamstress felt Jackson's presence while hemming a bedspread in his room, and Lyndon B. Johnson heard him cussing uh, during one of Johnson's most important meetings. The last story I have is Jenna Bush uh, one time woke up in the middle of the night to 1920s music coming out of the fireplace in her bedroom. Excuse me? And when she freaked out and ran to her sister's room, she made her sister go sleep in the room. And they said that it sounded like a concert in there. The music was so loud. And it was opera music coming out of the chimney. Oh, my God. And when they ran out and went to go tell the White House staff, the White House staff said, oh, yeah, Lincoln does that to prank kids. Excuse me? Lincoln is like doing his own thing out there in the world he's having a fun time uh i also wanted to know if the obamas ever experienced anything and i guess sasha and malia had a sleepover in the (gasps) white house which by the way imagine how cool you are of a fucking kid if you just get to waltz into the white house for a sleepover oh they
0: had like a slumber party yeah people came had a
1: slumber party shut the front door and sasha and malia were talking about um (gasps) like uh the ghosts that lived in the house and i guess all of a sudden then they heard a whisper saying like obama like how much like how great of a president obama is and when they turn out the lights obama was hiding behind the couch and was literally <laughs> whispering to his I kids i was about
0: to say i hope he was pulling in yeah. andrew jackson or, or no, her uh, uh
1: truman truman yeah. hiding in the- <laughs> anyway that's all of the ghost stuff i could find i'm so sorry for your editing process somehow that makes me just love him so much more that he's hiding behind the couch being like "Ooh, i'm a ghost i hope michelle was videotaping oh sure. <laughs> she's probably rolling her eyes in the other end. i know her and her biceps were snapchatting <laughs> yes it's true <laughs> Um, anyway, that's all of the White House hot dance yes. Listen, I hope every single ghost.
0: This is a call for all the ghosts in the White House to haunt the shit out of
1: Donald Trump. Get him out. Listen, let's, let's bring Bernie back into the mix. Abe, if you're listening, <laughs> honest Abe, here's our. Can plea. you become Dick Abe and can you just like knock Trump out of the house, please? Like enough of this tomfoolery and pranking. Yeah, no more pranking. Let's get let's get real weird. Let's, let's get. get real Real weird weird yeah
0: down and dirty let's get real gnarly with it let's get gnarly abe gnarly abe so anyway
1: i don't know how you plan on doing this but let's also squeeze in a murder Uh, sure
0: (laughs) okay okay good luck so my um story is about the assassination of abe lincoln just kidding oh my god (laughs) that would have been (laughs) fitting It would have been really lame if I told that after you told about the ghost. I know. I'd be like, my story's cooler. You'd be like, yeah, we already know what happens afterward. All right.
1: I have a story for you. I'm super excited about it. I had a hunch this would be a good episode. Yeah, it's a fun one. It's lucky number 25. Hey, hey, hey. We're a quarter away from 100. Oh, that's
0: alarming. That's a year. No, it's not. There's 52 weeks in a year ignore
1: that part. We're now at a number where if we were a battery percentage, I wouldn't feel like I needed to race to get a charger. Definitely that. That's a pretty good thing. I'd be like iffy. I yeah, we're still uncomfortable. We're still ner- we're we'll still We are still nervous about like how long until we get home. Yes, we're starting to plan for the charger. Right. Like mm-hmm. we're thinking how how long can I get away with this? Right. Like when is it going to say low battery mode? Right.
0: Pretty soon. Right, right, right. Right. You get it. I get it. I get it. So my story this week is about uh, Rodney Alcala.
1: (gasps) No, that's one so fucked
0: up. It's twisted. I
1: don't. Okay, I only know it because I when I'm trying to fall asleep, I just look at conspiracy and murder pages on Twitter.
0: Oh, me too. Oh, do you really? Yeah.
1: Maybe we follow the same pages. But like, I love reading about murder before I go to sleep. But he seems to be on a lot of those. I've seen snippets. I don't know the whole story. Why don't you just tell me about it? Are you sure? I feel like you're telling it really well. <laughs> <laughs> I think you're a big fat liar. <laughs> so Ronnie
0: Alcala, also known as the dating game killer. Uh, I'm so excited. So this was a My Favorite Murder episode um, like a while ago. And I remember hearing it um, like way before we were even starting a podcast and just being like,
1: what's the word? Shook oh I'm yes per- i'm, yes, pretending. I'm
0: pretending i'm pretending i'm an appro- like a millennial but what's I'm not. the word
1: mm. shook i'm shaken am i i'm i'm i have a, a shook a it, shooky yeah, a shaky it, shooky feeling it is shooken tricking me all up <laughs> so
0: anyway uh it's i feel like it's been long enough where now i can kind of go and do my version of the story without like treading on their footsteps um Fair. it is a crazy story okay he. This was actually suggested to me on Instagram by, Abriana with three N's. Mm. Mm-hmm. So Ronnie O'Calla was born in San Antonio, Texas, in 1943, and moved to L.A. at the age of 12. When he was 17, he joined the U.S. Army, but was discharged for psychiatric reasons after suffering, suffering a nervous breakdown, in, in which he went AWOL and hitchhiked from Fort Bragg to his mother's house. Okay. He was diagnosed with the antisocial personality disorder. And then I also found a list of um, diagnoses that he would receive throughout the rest of his life. So I'm just going to list those for you. By all means. Narcissistic personality disorder, Ugh. borderline personality disorder, no. uh, malignant narcissistic personality disorder with mm-hmm. psychopathy and sexual sadism comorbidities. It took me a minute to get that word right. After the army, he enrolled in fine arts at UCLA and graduated in 1968 It was then that he committed his first known crime. Okay. A driver in Los Angeles called police after seeing him lure an eight-year-old girl named Tali Shapiro into his apartment in Hollywood. Ten minutes from here. Oh, no. Police arrived to find the girl raped and beaten with a steel pipe. Oh, my God. She was barely alive. I was watching a documentary about this um, on YouTube, and the detectives who actually found her were interviewed, and they were... Uh, understandably fucked up for life and they said the most disturbing not the most disturbing but one of the most like poignant things in their memory was walking in and seeing a pair of white mary jane shoes (sighs) on the way into the room where her body was so it was before they even found the body so um they found her body she was barely alive they found it with a pipe on her neck and um she was still alive somehow uh And somehow, Alcala escaped. Uh, He fled to New York City under the fake name of John Berger and enrolled at NYU to study film under Roman Polanski, of all people. And then in a weird turn of events, Polanski's wife would be murdered by Charles Manson the following year. Wow, that is convenient. Right? And then Polanski himself would be indicted for sexual abuse of a 13-year-old just a few years later. So this is just like a whole tornado of terror. Uh, But Polanski did teach Alcala to use a camera. So then Alcala began his career as a self-proclaimed fashion photographer. Mm. And that's where it all kind of like, that became his MO, basically. Right. Um, so soon after that, he got a counseling job at a New Hampshire arts camp for children. God damn it. Good old days. Under the alias John Berger with a U. So the first one was John Berger with an E, and now he changed it to a U. And oh, that's slight. Just pulling it off somehow. Um, and then in June of 1971, a woman named Cornelia Michelle Crilly who was a 23-year-old flight attendant, was found raped and strangled in her apartment in Manhattan. Um, And that case actually went unsolved for 40 years. Uh So this happened during that time, but it wasn't actually solved until later on when he was on trial. Um, Meanwhile, while this was all going on, two children at the camp that he was counseling at um, noticed his photo on an FBI poster at the post office.
1: Um, That's so, like retro modern of like right when normally now you're like oh i saw something on facebook but Mm -hmm. it's like oh i went to the post office and saw a flyer i was mailing my mom a postcard from summer camp and i saw his photo that's wild that's a very like lucky thing to just happen to run Uh, across
0: sounds like a movie yeah it doesn't even sound real
1: you would think he would be like if i if i were in his shoes and i wanted to not get caught i would be patrolling every single public billboard yeah, you and think. bulletin board just to make sure no one was posting my picture. I think while he was at the camp, he was added to the most wanted list.
0: So I don't mm. know if he even right, right, right. knew okay. but I don't I'm not positive. I know that they were kind of happening at the same time. Gotcha. Um but yeah, so these kids like saw his face on a poster at the post office um and told authorities, thank God. Um, so Alcala was arrested and extradited to California. But Talia Shapiro, the girl the first girl that they had mm-hmm. found um her parents had relocated the whole family back to mexico and refused to let her testify so he was not convicted of uh rape and attempted murder because they didn't have it their God damn it primary witness um so instead he pled guilty to assault and was paroled after 34 months oh well that's nice for him great um and then uh, blah, blah. oh yeah so he was par- paroled after 34 months when authorities deemed he had been rehabilitated Um, Which I guess was apparently a theme, like, a a trend in the 70s where they would do these, no, they would do these, like, indefinite sentences where they would say, like, oh, we'll just, it sounds very, like, hippie-ish, like, oh, we'll let them go and, like, see how long it takes them to get better, but without, like, a definite
1: term. It was just very flippant and... Yeah, just kind of, like... Wishy-washy. We'll We'll see. We'll see how
0: your spirit feels later. Exactly. And so, obviously, a narcissistic sociopath, whatever, can, like talk his way out um so after 34 months he was um deemed rehabilitated and then less than two months after he was released he was arrested again for assaulting a 13 year old girl named julie J. after telling her he was giving her a ride to school so he served two years for that under uh the same sentencing of like we'll see how long it takes two years later he's released again so this is 1977 Um, His Los Angeles parole officer uh, decided to permit him as a repeat offender and known flight risk to travel to New York City um, where cold case investigators now believe um, that he murdered uh, Ellen Jane Hover, 23, uh, a week after arriving in New York City. Um, And she was the daughter of the owner of a popular Hollywood nightclub and the goddaughter of Dean Martin and Sammy Davis Jr. And her remains were found buried on the grounds of the Rockefeller Estate in Westchester County. So within a week of his parole officer letting him fly to New York, he murdered somebody. In 1978, El got a job as a typesetter for the Los Angeles Times, um, which is when he started to convince people that he was a professional fashion photographer. Um, but that is apparently, I read one thing, um, about a guy who knew him who said he was like, had the quote gift of gab. Like he could walk up to any woman in a bar and somehow just like entrance her, you know? Oh, me too. Oh my God.
1: Mm -hmm. Are you also a professional fashion photographer? I am a professional clown. They're basically the same thing. Yeah. I mean, I mean, yeah, I mean, I, (laughs) I got your college roommate that way.
0: Hey, uh, have you heard I'm a I'm a clown? Have you heard I'm a clown? You want to squeak my nose? Oh my god! (laughs) Yowza! (laughs) Oh help! Okay. (laughs) Um. Anyway. Okay. So he also convinced. We're sorry. We're so sorry for your loss (laughs) of time.
1: and energy (laughs) anyone still out there no (laughs) hello (laughs) it's just us it's just (laughs) us and my mom (laughs) oh my mom's
0: gone a long time ago (laughs) Uh, okay so yeah so he was convincing young people and i mean really young that's the other thing like a lot of them were kids so wow, how old little kids like, summer
1: camp kids like, like eight children, nine
0: literal children <sighs> so it wasn't even like oh he had to convince like grown-ass adults that he was a fashion photographer it was like oh he just was able to talk men women and children into it um and so he got a lot of people to pose for him many of the poses were pornographic um some des- excuse me some investigators believe that he killed some of his subjects. Um, one of which was Cornelia Crilly, who they found photographs of later on. Um, mm. The one who was the flight attendant who was strangled and raped. Um, he so he ended up with thousands of photos in his portfolio, quote unquote. Um, so a coworker of his at the Times actually remembers him showing the photos to coworkers, and she just thought it was strange, but didn't like she brushed it off. Um, and the actual quote was. I thought it was weird, but I was young. I didn't know anything. When I asked why he took the photos, he said their moms asked him to. I remember the mm. girls were naked. He said he was a professional, so in my mind, I was being a model for him. That was a different woman. I'm sorry. I should have, like, clarified. That was a different quote. Okay. Another woman said he was a professional, so in my mind, I was being a model for him. The same woman said the portfolio also included spread after spread of naked teenage boys. Um, Most of the photos are sexually explicit and most remain unidentified. Um, So police actually fear that uh, some of the subjects are cold case victims who just haven't been identified yet.
1: Did you ever see, do you remember the show um, in the early nineties? Remember smart guy? From Disney, sort of, with Taj Maori and he was a little genius. Yes, I actually Do you, I loved that show. I loved that show. Do you remember the <sighs> episode where, like, first of all, remember when Disney was actually educational and taught kids fucking lessons? Like, there was an episode of Smart Guy where he was like ten years old, and his best friend, who was Kyla Pratt, hashtag Penny Proud, from the. Oh, shit. But they they were like they were ten and hanging out, and then they went to a stranger's house, and the stranger tried to take pictures of them. Wait, what? Yeah, it was this like... This was a Disney episode? It was a real whole episode, and like... The, the fuck? And Taj Mowry was like, this isn't a good idea, I'm gonna go home. And then he went home and told his dad, and the guy got arrested, and he had, like, was out there... Excuse changing, me, are you serious? I'm dead serious. This was what... When I was little, this is how I know I'm my mother's child, because I live for drama, apparently. Because I remember watching that episode and knowing it was different, and knowing I loved it. Like, I knew that it was a little risque and it was right up my alley what the hell i loved that episode i mean not because i loved watching children almost get attacked but it was like i remember i, sure hope I not. remember watching it and being like i'm gonna actually learn something from this episode you'll have to youtube it it's uh, I, it's, uh, I, it's definitely there. i don't even know
0: how to wow we'll talk I, about it another I time i definitely don't remember that but i did love that show so okay well then you'll love the episode <clears throat> so here's where it gets fun oh, okay so in 1978, despite being a convicted rapist and registered sex offender, Alcala was accepted as a contestant on The Dating Game. Mm. By then he had murdered at least 4 women. Yay. That we know of. Mhm. Or that we can prove. So, I watched the episode of The Dating Game that he was on. The whole episode.
1: Yes. How creepy was it? What the fuck? I've seen snips of it. I haven't seen the whole thing, but he looks like he's dead behind the eyes. He's a fucking weirdo. He looks like he knows he's up to no good.
0: I mean, to be fair, the other two are, like, also kind of equally weird. Like, like you know, they're 70s studs. They're not right. what today you'd be like, wow, <laughs> I want that. But at the yeah, same right. time, it's like, that something's wrong with this guy. So first thing I noted right off the bat, let's just go into, like, a nice little... Dive into notes here, okay? Are we about to like bitch
1: about reality TV? Let's dive in. This is what we were educated in. We literally have masters in critiquing television. We do masters of science, by the way, everybody. Yeah, let's do it. Let's 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 put our let's let's put those bad boys to use. Let's go. The host of the
0: dating game. First thing he says is, "We're in Los Angeles, the dating capital of the world." Wrong, wrong. (laughs) Strike number one. (laughs) Right. Okay, next. Moving you, forward. Moving forward, you hired, you literally casted a registered sex offender and someone who assaulted, like, children. Mm.
1: Like, what, what, what? Well, I mean, I want to defend them because uh, the, I mean, I don't know how the 70s worked. But when, I, when we first moved out here and got our first jobs, I casted for The Price is Right. Remember, I used to... Did you cast child molesters? Maybe. I don't think so, because a lot of them were very happy old women. But... <laughs> 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 but, but yeah. like, the casting process was very specific. Like, you would have had to... I don't know how they but did they're it in the 70s. they casting three people, not, like, an audience. You know what I mean? Well, and the Price is Right, fun fact. They... You cast... They cast 13 people. Sure. That's Fair. a little... That's a little inside tip, now that I don't work there anymore. I know, but, I
0: mean, if you're casting a dating show, you... You know if some they knew he was a fucking sex offender slash oh like they had his background information yeah, he's a convicted rapist they knew his name all right despite being a convicted rapist and registered as a sex offender they casted him yeah that's their
1: bad that's their bad no yeah like that's it wasn't their
0: it wasn't an accident like if it was an accident sure one
1: thing but like they had police records. They... I usually just picked people based off of how excited they were. Maybe well, he was just super excited, and considering he was dead behind the eyes, you probably wouldn't have
0: <laughs> okay. casted him fair. for prices right. So fair, don't fair.
1: don't blame yourself. All okay. right, yeah, I'm just feeling a little guilty. I, I know, guess.
0: I know, it's okay. <sighs> All right, Bob Barker wouldn't have even had one second of that guy. No, he wouldn't have. No, he wouldn't have. All right, so let's see. Pa All right, we said dating capital of the world. Ah. Um, Okay, so some weird quotes that I like to pull out uh, that I, you know, found especially heartwarming. Okay. So, he's on the dating game. He's a contestant. The uh, woman who is the quote-unquote bachelorette is named Cheryl Bradshaw. And she asks, contestant number one, who is Rodney Alcala? This is like a weird 70s question that I don't totally understand.
1: Like, what is your best time? I didn't know if it meant, like, time of the month, like... Uh, Like, your best time... I guess, like, your favorite memory is, like... Is that the 70s way of saying what's your favorite memory? Like, your best time that you've ever had. Well, his answer was... Nighttime.
0: Oh. And she said... uh, Oh. Why do you say that? And he said, because that's the only time there is. Yeah, that sounds a little... Sure. Not great. And then she said, what's wrong with morning or afternoon? And he says, well, they're okay. But nighttime is when it really gets good. When you're really ready, you're right. really
1: ready. That's not even. Right. I understand, like in like a sleazy dating game, maybe he was trying to like be flirty. Like, but that's not even.
0: Nighttime is the only time. I mean, even...
1: I'm I'm really bad at flirting. But even I know that that's not right. A thing you say, like no. nighttime is when you're ready for what? For what? what are to you go to bed about? about?
0: Question. I'm serving you for dinner. What are you called? And what do you look like? Any guess? What would you say? Are <laughs> you going to ask the question again? Um, I can't even make this shit up. What are, what are they calling me? I'm serving you
1: for dinner. So remember oh. they can't oh, so like, if see I each were, other. If I were a food, what would I be? Sure. Is essentially the question. What are you called, and What do you look like? I'm serving you for dinner. I feel like it would be something raunchy and shitty. Honestly, I'd be like fried chicken because it's good. <laughs> I, I, I You'd would, probably be like, yes, fried chicken. I'd be like, I'd be ice cream and I wouldn't, I wouldn't share myself with and it, it, it <laughs> at all. <laughs> it looks like ice cream. I don't know. <laughs> I'd be like a pizza and it's got a lot of pepperoni <laughs> on it. I don't understand <laughs> the question. <laughs> no,
0: he said, <clears throat> I'm called the banana. Okay, okay. Phallic. And I look really good. And she said, can you be more descriptive? And he said, peel me. What? Listen. And Heal she goes. Me? Yeah. And everyone's like laughing and giggling. And she's like, later, later. Okay. He I- won. He won the game. She picked him. Well, she's an idiot. Fucking serial killer rapist of children. Sex offender. Won the dating game. Do you want to know what they won? A date with him. Yeah, but do you want to know <gasps> like what the prize was? No, what? Tell me. They won tennis outfits. Ew. I know, right? They won ten- tennis outfits from a Studio City tennis shop and tennis lessons together. Like, that's a nightmare date. Like, I don't want that.
1: It, wait, like they ha- like they won that to then go play tennis
0: on the date? Yeah, that's their prize. Ew. And they won a trip to Magic Mountain together. Okay, that's fine.
1: If I were playing and even slightly wanted to win at a dating game, my prize better be, like, an all-you-can-eat buffet. Some- right? Yeah. Really get to, like, dig in there.
0: It wasn't even, like, a trip to Magic Mountain plus, like, all-you-can-eat churros. It was, like, a trip to Magic Mountain and then you pay for all your churros or whatever you want. So Cheryl Bradshaw, who was a bachelorette, um, actually refused to go on a date with him. Good girl. Good girl. Because she decided he was creepy. Good girl. Good girl. Follow your gut. When they met backstage. So she picked him, you know, like, on the dating game, you don't see the contestants. Right. She actually told CNN in 2010... Quote, he was quiet, but at the same time, he would interrupt and impose when he felt like it. Like a narcissist. Yeah, exactly. He became very unlikable and rude and imposing, as though he was trying to intimidate me. I wound up not only not liking this guy, he was a standout, creepy guy in my life. Mm. Later that year, he murdered 32-year-old Charlotte Lamb and then 21-year-old Jill Parenteau in 1979. Both in L.A. On June 20th, 1979, this is really fucked, 12-year-old Robin Samso went missing on her way to ballet class. Her friends told police that a strange man had asked to take their pictures while they were at the beach. Um, They described the man for police, and Alcala's parole officer recognized him from the sketch. So police arrested him on July 24th of 79 and then searched his mother's house, where they found a receipt for a storage locker in Seattle. Hmm. That storage locker contained thousands of photos of young women and boys and Robin Samsoe's earrings. Oh, no. So ever since then, um, he's been in San Quentin State Prison. He's um, still alive? Yep. Oh, my God. It took several trials to secure conviction for Robin Samsoe's murder. The California Supreme Court threw out the conviction in 1980 because the jury had been told about Alcala's earlier sexual offenses. So he said that them knowing about his prior convictions had, like, tainted their view oh my God. of mistrial, right? So then in 1986, the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals nullified another conviction, conviction and sentence claiming that the police investigators had hypnotized a park ranger who was a witness in the trial, So this guy is just like... And he's his own lawyer at this point. So he's just like throwing shit in their face and somehow getting his conviction overturned. Um, But with the development of DNA technology, his luck began to run out. So while he waited in prison, investigators collected samples of his DNA and matched it to some of the women that he had raped and murdered. So in 2010, he was tried for five murders. So Samso, the 12-year-old girl... Jill Partheneau, Charlotte Lamb, Georgia wickstead and Jill Barcombe. He was convicted and sentenced to death, um, and he's currently on death row in San Quentin prison.: Well, thank God. Um, so there were other women who have suspected to have become his victims, uh, including 19-year-old Pamela Jean Lamson from San Francisco, who disappeared in 1977 after telling friends she was meeting with a photographer. Of course. Police say they have no DNA evidence to go on, but witness descriptions convincingly match Alcala's profile. And then police in Seattle are also convinced he was behind the deaths of two teenage girls in 1977 and 1978, but they also don't have enough evidence to convict him. Um, they actually posted uh, the photos of thousands of women and children, oh. men, women, and children online. Legally? The authorities did because they wanted oh. to find out if these were unidentified you know they wanted to identify who these people were um, so I read a Vice article which is where I got some of this information um, that had several photos of unidentified women actually every photo in the article was of there. probably like 25 photos and they were all unidentified women and then mm-hmm. at the end it said if you recognize anybody like call this uh, detective um, in 2013 um, Kathy Thornton saw an online display of photos taken by Alcala decades earlier and recognized her sister who had been six months pregnant at the time of her disappearance oh
1: my god
0: and the photos online it's a photo of her on a bicycle in Wyoming (sighs) um so investigative work by police in Huntington Beach and Wyoming um was able to connect the crime to the picture oh my god um so the Huntington Beach police released about 200 of the photos to the public um, in the hope that people would be able to uh, you know, identify the victims because police still believe that even though he was only convicted of five murders, that there some people say up to 130 um, murders that he committed. And about 40 women have been identified as alive and well in the photos, but there are also thousands of photos that have gone unidentified. So, um, again, some people think he murdered up to like 130, 150 people. Jesus. Um, And most detectives say, even if it's not that high, it's definitely in the double digits. It's actually really creepy to look through the photos, and they're all, like, from the 70s, and they're just, like, beautiful young women. How
1: do you get away with that many murders?
0: You just wonder. I... And a detective said, you know, like, people have said, oh, his IQ was so high, and it, it was 135, but he wasn't that brilliant that he... Right. Like, apparently he wrote a book called You, the Jury, and it was not... Great. Good. (laughs) Yeah, apparently he was just like rambling and it didn't make much sense. So it's not like he was some sort of mastermind, but I guess he was just so confident and narcissistic that he was able to... I mean, he won the fucking dating game after murdering four women and assaulting young girls. I don't know how he got away with all that. Unreal. That's so weird. Well, and actually, one thing I want to add, too, before I forget. The woman who had been attacked, the first crime he was ever um, convicted of the uh girl named tolly shapiro mm-hmm. um, the eight-year-old that he that attacked with the pipe um she actually testified 42 years later in court um and did the statute of limitations not run out i mean i don't think it was she wasn't testifying for her own case she was just testifying uh, okay. as a victim for the other cases gotcha, that gotcha, he was gotcha. being tried for um and he uh her so her testimony said over 27 stitches in the back of my head. He hit me right over the head, um, describing the severe injuries she received at his hands. This was when he was 66 years old. Um, wow. She said she was 8 years old, walking to school in Hollywood in 1968, when Alcala, then 25 years old, offered her a ride. She told him that she wasn't supposed to talk with strangers. Good girl. Quote, he goes, oh, I'm a friend of your parents. And I went, oh, Okay i mean i was seven or eight years old so i trusted adults (sighs) shapiro said that alcala took her to his apartment where he said he wanted to show her a picture shapiro remembers walking up to his apartment with him and that's where her memory ends oh my god and that was from um an abc7 article but so she's actually been called to testify against him three times um and apparently, he apologized for his despicable behavior to her.
1: Right? Yeah, I'm and sure.
0: So people are just angry, like the she and um, the investigators were not having it because it's like, right. oh,
1: okay yeah yeah thanks thanks for that very we'll slow clap for your apology very kind of you and
0: the article here says it took months before shapiro was physically well enough to return to school i'm like oh she returned to school like oh my god can you even imagine even today emotionally she said she has a hard time trusting people well i don't fucking blame yeah, her yeah please don't don't ever feel
1: like you I don't, don't trust another person I even
0: survive that so anyway so he was convicted um and sentenced to death, but he's still on death row uh, at St. Quentin. So
1: he's in his seventies now. I and wonder the- what his uh, what his catchphrase will be when he dies. Mm. What's his last name? Um, Alcala. Alcalia Later. Oh, for fuck's sake. <laughs> I don't
0: know. Maybe there's a job for you in that field. Maybe. Yeah. <clears throat> we'll work on it. We'll figure it out. <laughs> we'll work it out. Alco- alcohol, alcohol, al- alcohol, alcohol, uh, I'm I, an alcoholic.
1: No, that means you're like into him. Oh, no, no,
0: no, I'm not into him. I'm not an alcoholic. I gotta say, I when they talked about this on My Favorite Murder, Karen in Georgia talked about how easy it was when you're young to be flattered if someone says, oh, wow, you're so beautiful. Mm-hmm. Let me take a photo of you. Like, we'll go to this park and I'll take headshots, Mm -hmm. you'll be a model, whatever, you know, it's just such an easy, it's awful to like prey
1: on young women like that. The thing that's interesting to me is that only one person like listened to their gut about how creepy he was. And there's all these other women. Well, maybe they couldn't get away, you know? Yeah. Well, and who knows? There might've
0: been more who just didn't even realize who who were just like, no, thank you. Like my
1: mom's college roommate, um, almost was a victim of ted bundy oh for fuck's sake it like remembers him approaching her in a mall and like being super suave and being really handsome and saying all the right things and he was really pushy about like taking her back to his place and she was like no and he was really aggressive at it what and fuck she was like no and just had a gut feeling not to and then only a couple months later she saw him on the news and it was ted bundy
0: it's so hard to resist that when you're trying to be polite again like my favorite murder fuck politeness like sometimes you just need to It's true. Yeah.
1: It's sad that in this world, if if you're a girl, you're expected to be polite no matter how Uh shitty someone treats you. Mm -hmm. And then whether or not they get the hint, you're still a bitch if you don't... A thousand percent. And girls are garbage people, too. Definitely. Everyone's a garbage person. I'm not just trying to say all men are trash. No. Everyone seems to be trash in their own way. Everyone but Gio is just trash. Oh, baby Gio. He would be such a gent to whichever boy or girl or in between
0: puppy he...
1: Not puppy. He's no, no cradle robber. No, no. He's no... Uh... Someone his age, all across the spectrum, he would treat properly. Because mm. he's so
0: good. Itty bitty
1: baby Geo. So guys, are you... No? <laughs> Is everyone gone? <laughs> My own mother has texted me at this point being like, <laughs> when does it end? <laughs> I'm not going to give it a shot.
0: My mom gave up 10 episodes ago, but... um, Thanks, guys. Sorry, guys. Oh well, also sorry, but also thanks.
1: If you want to hear more, you can. We're sorry. <laughs> We're sorry. We're sorry. Um, if you want to hear more, what? To <laughs> hear more, you can. You can rewind <laughs> to zero 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 and stab start... yourself in the eardrum and get the same effect. Or... Oh yeah, <laughs> great idea. Uh, you can also follow us at atwwd podcast on just about everything on Earth. We're sending
0: out the next round of merch. Oh, oh, other big thing that I forgot to mention. We're putting up our
1: store. Yes, we're putting up our store. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So you can buy shirts or whatever you want. We have a listeners episode coming out August 1st, which means you and I need to get cracking on that. We love you guys. And that's why.
0: (laughs) Wait, do it again. (laughs) And And that's that's why. Wait. Oh, wait, we could do the, the Linda song. And that's why we drink. drink.
1: (laughs) Cheers.